The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal that gives you more speed and control over the process. You can now disclose, lock, and manage your loan seamlessly from start to finish, all in one place. It's another reason why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Mortgage rates have been on the climb over the last month or so, bringing the market to a standstill. So when will rates peak? And is there anything you can do to help borrowers in the meantime? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. Today, I'm joined by Hammer J. Helmer. He's founder and CEO of Originator Success. Hammer, thanks for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Mike. So I should note to our listeners that we are taping this uh, Wednesday afternoon around one o'clock. So we don't yet know what Freddie Mac's average rates are, which is what we use here at the Mortgage News Network. But it seems like they're going to be headed over seven, right? I mean, that's what we're seeing elsewhere. Um, is that what you expect when uh, we, we see Freddie Mac's averages come out tomorrow? Absolutely. Yeah, I would expect them to be over seven. And I guess just, you know, first off, we did see them dip over the summer. Uh, did you expect to see this spike that we've been seeing since uh, early September? Not at all. In fact, when you look back, and I actually just referenced this in an, in another meeting, the end of July, we actually had seen a really nice dip in rates. And it looked like we had seen a peak in June. And in June, we had gotten inflation data around June 10th. And we saw rates uh, spike a couple of days after that. And it looked like that had been the worst. And we figured rates would stay in the high fours, low fives, you know, as we went into the end of July. And at that time, there was a lot of talk of recession. There was expectation that inflation although very small, uh, was starting to improve a little bit. And the idea that the economy was slowing down. What's happened since then, the reason that we're seeing this spike in rates and what changed and changed all the forecasts is that all of the economic reports that have been coming out since then are showing economic strength and inflation continues to be a problem. And it's coming at us from multiple directions now not just here in the United States, but also overseas inflation being a big issue, which is like what's caused some recent spikes in mortgage rates being what's happened in England and their inflation coming in in double digit numbers. And and not only have they been going up, they've been going up rather rapidly. I mean, sometimes we're seeing more than a quarter point hike over, over a single week. How How far do we think this will go? I mean, now we're over seven, which you know, at the start of the year would have sounded ridiculous. We're 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 double or even more where we were a year ago. How how far do we think this rate hike will go? Well, if we look at the Fed funds rate as an indicator, it's likely that we see rates stay within the sevens. It's possible we could actually see rates that, that touch within the eights if we see the same thing that we've seen the last couple of months. If we see that inflation, core inflation ratings specifically, are not improving, if we see that the labor market still extraordinarily strong, the rest of the economic reports showing consumer spending, that could actually see mortgage rates push up into the eights, which seemed unimaginable just 
just a few months ago. If we don't see that and we do see signs of things turning around, we're still going to see rates stay within the the sevens, uh, maybe not drop back into the sixes until sometime later in 2023. And the reason that I say that is we're expecting the Fed to continue to raise the Fed funds rate at the November meeting, the December meeting, the February meeting, and even into the March meeting they're looking at now, if you look at Fed futures. Based on that, we're likely to not see mortgage rates drop significantly from here for uh, at least six months from now. Yeah. And of course, that's because, as you said, inflation is is not at all slowing down. And, and the Fed uh, has been very open about certainly the November meeting, what what they'll do. Um, so how how long do you think it'll take before we reach possibly even eight and we see things at, at least level off, at least calm down? Do we think that that could happen in the next couple of weeks? Or do we think this is going to be more of a slow climb now that we've crossed seven? Well, I think it's going to continue to be a slow climb. Like you said, there is a lot of volatility causing rates to move in big fits. That's due to illiquidity. We have to remember the Fed is not supporting the mortgage-backed security market any longer. They're not buying treasuries and bonds. In fact, they're you know releasing their uh, balance sheet on that. So that's causing a lot of illiquidity in the market, which basically means there's less buyers than you have on sellers right now. And that's causing a lot of jumping around. But uh, So we're going to see that volatility. We should expect to, to see that. But as far as for consumers and, and rates as a whole, we're like Likely to see them, I think, stay within the sevens going into November and December. Hopefully, we don't have to touch up on the eights, but it is possible. Uh, but I don't think it's likely that we drop significantly into the sixes. I think we're going to stay in the sevens. And that that volatility is, as you know, buyers have just said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna sit out, which at least has caused prices to to level off and even drop in some metros. So, uh, you know, obviously for buyers, it's more about affordability than it is, you know, the 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 rate itself. Do we think that this could cause home prices to even come down and, and address affordability? Or do we think they're kind of going to be stuck where they are for a little bit? In a normal market, when rates would go up the way that they are, we should see home prices come down uh, with affordability, as you mentioned, being the fulcrum point. So rates go up, prices come down. When rates go down, prices will again go up. Right. What makes this a very unique market, though, is the last two years, we put many people into homes at 2 and 3%. And whether they refinanced into those rates or they purchased with those rates, they're not going to want to let go of those rates. So we see an issue where we have a lack of supply that normally we would see supply increase a lot more than we are right now. But because people are not moving from one home to another, they're not, I mean, who's going to who's gonna sell a $400,000 house that they've got a 3% interest rate to buy a $600,000 house at a 7% interest rate? That's a huge payment increase. So we're not seeing that. That's what's basically helping to keep prices in check. We may see some deceleration to price increases, meaning we've seen 20% year-over-year price increases the last two years. We may see where it's a more normal 1%, 2 3%, or in some markets, we may see prices come down a little bit, but that will be short-term, maybe a year, possibly two. When rates fall again, those prices will jump right back up. Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. Yeah, no, it, it... I can remember Redfin and Zillow both put out reports today about, you know, homeless things going down. And I forget which one. One of them noted 
basically three and four home buyers are also a home owner. So to that yeah. point, if the majority of the market is also putting up a home as part of this process, they're not doing that anymore because like you said, why I'm financially, I'm I'm really putting myself in a bad spot. I'm better off staying. So that's going to choke off the the supply in the meantime. Um, you you talked a little bit about, or you know, a lot about what's driving this, and it's it's obviously all of the inflationary things, not just here in the U.S., but everything that's going on globally that that's driving up the price of of everything. So I guess is that what we need to be watching for for a sign of relief for light at the end of the tunnel is you know the CPI and some of those other metrics that that check uh, you know consumer spending inflation prices should we is that what we need to watch for relief when inflation comes down maybe the interest rates will come down yeah the the idea is that when inflation starts to show signs of coming down the fed will slow down or stop raising rates but the fed has been very clear that they want to hold rates at this elevated level and what they call a terminal rate that means the high point of where the fed stops raising rates and that's right now looking to be about 5% possibly even 5 and a quarter and when they get there they're going to stay there for quite a few months they don't want to make the mistake that was made by past fed uh Fed members where like Volcker, where they had to start at the lower rates and then had to raise them again because inflation, you know, rebounded very quickly. So the the idea here is that even if we do see inflation reports that are improving, we can't get too excited. What I would look for to really help mortgage rates improve is consumer spending. When we see consumer spending drop, and unfortunately, when we see the unemployment numbers increase and the labor market starts to soften, that's when we'll see a true indication that mortgage rates will start to to decline, but that's that's still quite a few months away. And and so you know, you being a coach, I mean, what kind of tips would you have for originators working in this market? I mean, certainly we hear veterans pointing out that even if we reach eight, that's that's you know normal. That's well below historic highs as much as it it gives <laughs> sticker shock to to younger home buyers. But if you have the high prices as well, affordability is really what matters. Uh, and if we're having volatility, it's going to be a problem. For buyers who are trying to time the market to get the best value, how do you work with bar borrowers right now who are trying to figure out the market every time they think, you know what, now I'm going to get back in, rates go up, prices go up, something goes up that they get pushed back out. What do you do to sort of get them back and get them actually taking out a mortgage? Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll answer that question, Mike, and I'll point out as I do that I am a 22-year industry veteran, and I was an originator during the 2008 crash, and I went broke. I lost my house, lost my car, lost my dignity. I lost everything if it wasn't taped down. And at that time, the reason that we got into such trouble was that we dried up on borrowers. There were just you know people that we were able to qualify, weren't able to qualify anymore. And I'm seeing a similar situation right now, very different reasons, but originators are finding, hey, these buyers you know, that I just last month could approve are now struggling to get qualified. And that's going to lower the, the buying pool. So it's a numbers game is the first thing that originators have to realize. You've got to have a large prospect pipeline. You've got to be talking to a lot of people and you have to you have to really be out there proactively creating that conversation. So you have you're working with more people. The second thing that's going to happen is we're going to see these rates stick around and every day that they do as much as we we hate them it kind of makes them normal and as they become normal consumers are going to be less concerned with the idea that hey i missed out on 
these other great rates. It's, you know, we have a short memory. So right now, as you pointed out earlier in, in the, the episode, we're seeing a, a huge jump in rates. And everybody remembers, hey, rates in July were in the fives. And now you're telling me the sevens. Well, aren't they going to go back to the fives? And the longer that we kind of work through this, that memory will fade. People will get used to the rates where they're at, and they buy homes for multiple reasons, but they're usually emotional reasons. You know, investors, there's less investors out there, but people are going to buy homes. And when they when they don't feel like they have to worry about missing out, everyone's afraid of making a bad decision. What if I buy a, a home now, I take the 7% rate and then rates fall? Or what if I buy a home now and home prices drop? Those are the two big concerns. So if you're going to work with consumers, you've got to address those concerns of what we talked about the first half of this call of why rates aren't going to fall, and then why are home prices not likely to drop? And if they do drop, how much will that look like and, and what kind of time frame? And if you can deal with those objections, you're going to get people off the fence, but you've got to be talking to more people than ever uh, because you you do have to have a full prospect pipeline. And that would be my best advice. Right. Show off your expertise a little bit. Show them that I'm not just a guy filling out paperwork. I, I know the market. I can explain exactly what you just explained. And also maybe a little bit of a history lesson about uh, I'm a millennial, maybe what my parents and grandparents, what kind of interest rates yeah. they were getting when they bought a home and it still well, was higher than this. It, and it's emotional. It's it's never about what it was before. It's it's the emotion of hey, we I don't want to miss out. There's always fear of missing out. There's always when we see rates move very quickly. I always reference the Kubler Ross grief model. People go through five stages of grief when rates go up. They get angry. They bargain. They're in denial. Then eventually they come to acceptance, and that's where we'll get. But there are absolutely less people out there that are qualifying. But there also was still an inventory issue. So we. We are feeling that those buyers are not there, but we we were always kind of held back. It wasn't like we had this you know unlimited inventory of homes, and that this buyer pool, as it got really large, allowed us to do more transactions. We're missing the refinances as mortgage people, but if you take those out and you look at the purchases, we are you know with less buyers. There's still a strong demand because of that selling supply issue, um, and and it's just a matter of getting out in front of enough people that they're getting those homes. We also have less people that are losing out in multiple offer situations. They're not getting discouraged. So, you know, it's it's working with the right people, recognizing that it's an emotional situation for them, that it's not about the, the actual dollars and cents. It's the emotion of buying at the wrong time and making a mistake and just dealing with that and, and, and reassuring them why now is still a good time to buy a home. As, as they always laugh and say, you know, rent is 100% interest. You know, buying a home now is still a good thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. You just keep taking shots and eventually you'll you'll uh, make a couple of baskets. Absolutely. Hammer, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Mike. We'll have the rest of your headlines coming up. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to sign up. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's the rest of your headlines for October 20th. We said during the podcast that we expected Freddie Mac's average rate for the 30-year fixed to be north of seven. Well, that didn't quite happen, but it's creeping closer to that mark. The average rate this week is at 6.94%, up two hundredths of a point from last week. In other news, Wall Street does not have a rosy outlook for wholesale. 
Fitch Ratings lowered its rating for Finance of America and Provident Funding Associates. It also held its rating but downgraded its outlook for HomePoint and Freedom Mortgage. Fitch changed nothing with United Wholesale Mortgage, but analysts found some weaknesses even with that business. And finally, the CFPB could be in for some major changes after an appellate court found its funding to be unconstitutional. It's the latest court decision finding problems with the CFPB's structure. A three-judge panel said Congress cannot give up its power of the purse to the Fed, which currently funds the Bureau's budget. The Supreme Court has previously said the same thing. SCOTUS also said that the president needs to have authority to remove the head of the regulatory body, something that can't happen right now. None of the rulings mean the CFPB has to go, just that changes need to happen. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygaze. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.